Thank you. So I'm gonna th thanks for um, organizing this event uh, and great to see many faces in the room that we know are interested in these things and have been working on this in the past. So what I'm gonna be doing is kind of try to kind of start from you know where we stopped and think forward, both uh, building on, on what James and what Sarah was just discussing. So um, I'm going to say a little bit about, just to make sure that we're all on the same page, on, on kind of, and coming back to, you know, the, the, the studies that James presented were indeed um, kind of focused on farm level. That's certainly not the only NRM work that's happening in the CG. Um, and, and, you know, SPI is very well aware of that. I'll say a little bit more about other impact assessments. Um, but in particular, doing that, uh, to uh, not just saying what we've done, but more importantly, kind of what are the, the gaps, um, kind of what, have, what are the findings, not just of what SPI has been doing, but what the impact assessments in general on NRM research have um, been doing, and what, what does that suggest in terms of where the gaps are. Insights from the workshop we just had, which kind of started from um, these findings that, again, that, that, uh, that, that the past studies have presented and moving forward, and there I'm going to be building on that in terms of thinking of the challenges and the priorities going ahead. So just on the, on the CGR um, and the research agenda, it's both, you know, micro and macro. Uh, it's not just a farm level. It's clearly not just a farm level uh, uh, work. And what is important in terms of thinking of impact assessment for, for this type of technology is that um, the direct uh, objectives of, of, these, uh, of that research agenda is both environmental and social benefits. And so when we think of impacts, that's kind of obviously uh, at, at, uh, has to be at the corner of what we do. And, and there's a bit of a question on whether that's been the case in the past. So, so the, it spans kind of productivity-related work, but also resource conservation restoration work, work on policy, on governance, um, or management of natural resources, and then the human environmental health uh, and, and related to pollution uh, reduction. So this is a graph from um, a um, tr trying to kind of, just to put the context, I think very often when we say CGR to people that don't spend a lot of time thinking about it, they think breeding. Uh, and so this is, uh, this is data on uh, the CGR expenditures in different research uh, areas from, I know this is a little bit small, but so basically from, from the beginning of the 70s to 2006, and I'll show you in, in a second the more recent numbers or some more recent numbers. And so indeed in the 70s, uh, most of, of uh, percentage-wise, um, most of the expenditures were on, on, on crop production systems or production systems in general. And so the, 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 the brown bar here is uh, protecting the environment. And so over time, product, the, the, the part on directly on protecting the environment has clearly, does the clicker work? No, it doesn't work. Has clearly increased. Um, and the, um, but more, and, and the, so the blue bar, the production system, a lot of that is actually production systems, it's not breeding. And so if you count everything together more or less, what is NRM research, um, you get to about, you know, 380 million and 70, 80 million in this period. Uh, there was a big shift in, in, uh, in uh, after 88, uh, when the ISPC predecessor, the TAC, uh, kind of came, had a, a paper on sustainability conservation uh, and management of NR and a number of new uh, centers that came into the system. Uh, and of course, the, the, the other bar here, the, the, important, the, the, the yellow one is the NARS, strengthening NARS. And then the, the, the other one that has increased a lot in terms of percentages is, the, is policy work. Uh, and a lot of that, some of that is also not a lot of, well, a fair amount of that is also um, uh, NRM related. The, uh, now this is the, you know, these are percentages. Of course, the budget has increased um, 
over time and has further increased after 2006, after, after the world food crisis. So if we look at, at where are the, the planned investments kind of from in, in, the, in the current cycle, so 2017-2002, of the 5.3 billion funding that is requested, about 1.2 corresponds to what you think could think of as, as, as an Arab, so natural resource and ecosystem serves about 15% and another 7% on climate change related outcomes. So, the, uh, so this is an important domain for the, for the CG. The, um, both historically and, and so increasingly so has been, and, and of course that reflects you know, changes in the world uh, at large. Um, so hence it's important uh, to, to kind of say, to, to, to take stock of what we know about impacts and think about how should we think about impacts moving forward. So James has um, presented a, a, a set of, of, of recent studies, but you know, we, this is not the only thing that SPIA has been doing. It's also not that SPIA has only focused on, on farm level stuff. You know, we all stand on the shoulder of giants, and one of the giants sits right here. Uh, so, uh, so, the, uh, so, this is, so, so there has been work uh, on, on, on this, uh, on this in, the, in the past. So this is, there was a set of studies in 2006 on different types of, um, again, at different levels, farm level, but also things like uh, forest management. There has been work on the policy, kind of looking at the impacts of the policy work uh, related to NRM. Um, and there has been uh, a, a set of studies kind of focusing, trying to say, say, wait a minute, a lot of the work that has happened is focusing still on productivity, but the whole point of having an NRM research agenda is also about the environmental benefits and so using non-market value techniques to, to look at some of those things. So, so this is the same set of studies that, that James already up, had up there. The reason why I'm putting them back up, so this is kind of what has happened over the last five years, reason to put this back out here is kind of to make a point about the variety of methods that, has, that have been used uh, also more recently. So some of these are indeed RCTs, but some of those um, are quasi-experimental approaches. Some of them are using uh, panel data sets, kind of many kind of different practices. And indeed, uh, as you notice, a combination of uh, work, uh, you know, most of these studies are kind of work um, of centers, researchers in the centers, but researchers with experts from kind of from different universities. Now, if you look at, so SPIA alone is, is not the only one doing work in this area. And so the, what, what, what uh, the word cloud here shows is, kind of is, the, is the results of a review of impact assessments more general by the centers, uh, by SPIA, by outsiders. Um, and, so, and here this is organized by the, the technology that they focused on. Uh, and so the, the, the innovation, sorry, not the technology. And so the, uh, we see that there is uh, clearly a, uh, an, an, you know, an, 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 a large bias uh, towards uh, certain types of, of, of technology. So this is not, as I said, this is not just the, the work we've been showing. But, but potentially even more interesting, if we look at what those studies are looking at, um, we see that most of the studies, are, well, not most of it, that, that we proportionally have people looking at yields which is a bit puzzling given that this is NRM practices. Okay, so the kind of the studies that people are doing um, are, have been focusing a lot on yield and have also uh, have focused a lot on determinants of adoption. I think kind of the, 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 this work to me kind of um, you know, illustrates a lot of the kind of the, the challenges that the literature faces and the hands that we should take forward. Um, in part because, you know, it, 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 it clearly should not just be adoption that we worry about. Um, but it, it, adoption is a first step, right? Because if, 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 if the change of practices itself is not happening, that that change of practices can't have impact uh, at different levels, uh, 
The other kind of challenge, of course, is that um, it's hard enough to get one determinant of, ado of adoption uh, straight, yet alone kind of trying to understand all the different levels of adoption. If we look at the evidence that exists, so overall, the, if we look at the impact assessment studies, the, the evidence is mixed. There are some positive impacts on, uh, some results on, again, on yield, because that's what a lot of people look at. Um, on, uh, but, you know, more, more, more interesting, maybe on household income or food consumption. Some evidence on water savings, other input costs, some evidence on tree cover, but, 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 but you know, more of a mixed picture there. And so we see uh, application, we see, start seeing kind of many different methods being used, including, uh, as we saw in, in what James presented, the use of secondary data, so using uh, remote sensing evidence, for instance, on land use or forest cover changes. Um, limited documentation of environmental outcomes. And so, the, you know, this is kind of clearly in going ahead, something when you think about. A lot of evidence, a lot of it focuses on the project mode, so kind of at the micro level um, and, and, at, and, and before scaling potentially. And so overall, uh, somewhat strikingly, uh, you know, in contrast with the crop genetic work, uh, of the CG, kind of, you know, this, this lack of, 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 of this bigger picture synthesized evidence or overall. And of course, part of that is, so part of that is, has a very good, a lot of that has a very good reason. And one of the very good reasons is that the, the, for NRM, the attribution to CG is much more difficult, right? Because this is a, exactly because the outcome is not a narrow outcome. Um, and because this happens at many different scales, not just at the micro, and not at the farm level, it is much more difficult to, uh, to tease apart uh, which part may be a CG. But that doesn't mean, we, you know, we shouldn't be, be looking at it. So what we have been uh, doing for the last couple of days um, is having this, this kind of very interesting discussions uh, between biophysical and social scientists, uh, both researchers based in the CG and outside experts, to kind of start starting from the evidence that, that, uh, that was presented earlier and say, okay, where do, we, where do we go from here? What does this mean for the NRM research agenda? What does it mean? for the impact assessment agenda. And so based on starting from this low evidence, from this evidence of low levels of adoption of particular technologies uh, in um, or, or particular practices, if you want to, in, on, on the farm level. And so the kind of the, the questions we're trying to, so the kind of starting to, to try to understand why, is it because these innovations are not beneficial for farmers? So there's questions about the development process and the testing of the innovations. Is it because farmers don't know these innovations or their returns? So that's related to questions of, of scaling up, of, of diffusion, but also questions about the type of practices we're talking about, so the complexity that um, James already referred to, and questions about um, the, whether those innovations possibly are not perceived beneficial to farmers, which should not be necessarily a surprise because some of the benefits are not individual benefits. The environmental benefits is a clear example, and I will use the word externality um, <laughs> as a microeconomist, uh, the, the uh, uh, social returns being higher than, than private returns. Um, so uh, social returns being higher than private returns for many of those technologies, but also that the long, a lot of the returns are long term, even for the individual farmer, and hence maybe you know, given discounting, given uh, all kind of liquidity and other constraints, uh, you know, there's good reasons why they may be discounting those type of benefits, which then also kind of leads to questions of what should we be measuring, how should we be measuring things. So some general thoughts coming out of the workshop is, first of all, kind of this idea that we should, maybe we should start thinking, we should stop thinking about adoption of technologies and more think in terms of what this research does is providing principles for um, 
changing practices, principles that, are, that could underlay changes in practices that are not specific technologies. So in a certain way, when we, when we look at microdosing, it, we, we're not necessarily interested in the microdosing per se. We're interested in the soil fertility changes, and that's kind of the, the, the more general principle. So that's kind of, and, and part of that work goes through changes at the farm level, but part of it is through changes in discourses at the meso level, at the macro level. So there's a question on how do we document that, and what are the type of methodological uh, developments that we need to look at these different levels and, and, and the interlinkages. And this is again going directly back at the attribution challenge that, that I already referred to. But the other thing that, that even for the, um, for, the, for the farm level research, we can, there was a lot of interesting discussions about it. A lot of this research, of the NRM research, is not linear in the sense that it is not necessarily true that the way you want to think of this research is kind of saying, okay, you have a development stage, and then you test it, and then you diffuse it. But rather that because of the complexity of the benefits and, and the costs, uh, the, you, you may have something that is developed, you test it, you realize it doesn't really lead to this, the, the benefits or costs that you realize, and you may go back to the development stage, and, or you may go to the fusion stage, and you may have to get that. So it's, it's a non-linear process, and so the idea of this being linear for this particular domain in terms of also how we think about impact assessment is probably not uh, necessarily the, the way forward. So, and what this suggests then is that in terms of impact assessment, we want to think about these different steps in the causal chain um, and, and how we think about saying something kind of uh, insightful about that. So I'm out of, oh, I'm way out of time. The, uh, and I, I want to say the most important thing still. So one of the key insights is uh, this, the, the question about, um, in terms of the research agenda forward, the goal should not be that kind of one of, one of the, the, you know, one of the obvious consensus in a certain way of this, uh, of the workshop is the goal is not that all farmers adopt all innovations. Um, farmers are heterogeneous, and so that suggests we need to be able to target, but targeting here is difficult, because it's not clear, ex ante, again, given the complexity of the benefits and the costs, which farmer will actually benefit or net from which type of innovation or technology. And so, um, the, uh, so what that then suggests is that, so, so, and indeed there was some work that was presented, the targeting on observables turns to be difficult, so we need to understand farmers' objectives. We can use revelation mechanisms in, in uh, whether that's on, on a small scale, it could be things like auctions, but on a, on a, on a small, on a bigger scale, it could be through willingness to pay, to having farmers choose an between technologies and experiments, and then use the insights from that to scale up uh, subsequently. So, Partly this suggests experimentation with larger ends, so could participation, but not with a few farmers, but with many farmers, to learn more um, in the process. And also, and again, this was kind of discussed, the idea that when we do that, so that kind of, and that goes back to the non-linearity, means that when also for the measurement and for the impact assessment, it's kind of, we want to be thinking of learning also in a, in, a, in, a, in a certain way, in a circular way. It's not just that first as the biophysical scientist I test something and then I take it to the field and then the farmer learns about it because the, uh, if it's non-iterative, non uh, it is iterative, non-linear, then we need to um, think about how the farmer is perceiving a, 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 a technology. What does that mean for me understanding, me the researcher, understanding the cost and the benefits and then try to, to measure that and, and bringing together the biophysical and the social. Uh, science uh, insights. Lots of questions about measurement. Again, if we're not just interested, we're we certainly not just interested in yield in this, uh, in this agenda. If we're also not just interested in productivity, we kind of need to go 
make sure that we measure those other uh, benefits when, when we do work on this, including uh, the spillovers and the externalities. Um, and the and we need to go by on the short term. And so clearly here this is the, you know. In, again, given the complexity of these practices, given this is about changing principles about the way people do things, that takes time. People may try it and then may they, they then may they decide that it's not worth it. And so kind of the idea of thinking much more longer term in this agenda, having panels, having long-term follow-ups, uh, etc. And that's only going to be feasible with a combination of different methods. So using household, uh, household service remote sensing, uh, etc. And finally, in terms of the diffusion of scale, I'm going to say very little because I'm really out of time, but the idea is that uh, we um, need to start when we think of diffusion, thinking through, okay, what are the private and the social benefits? If the, if the benefits are more social, that suggests a different diffusion mechanism than if they're private, by definition, um, and um, if, the, if the constraints to um, using certain technologies um, or innovations, practices, are uh, not uh, could be innovation information, but it could be uh, other type of mechanisms, that other constraints, and we need to address those. And as as James already said, there's a lot of kind of interesting work happening outside of the CG that we may want to draw on in terms of insights on on scaling. And I'll stop right there. <laughs>